You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, this is Jay's Monroe Aguilhart, and you're listening to And the Tony Goes To. It's a look back at Broadway's most magical night And all of the winners reminisce with delight With their talent and brilliance, they always impress And the Tony goes to my special guest Have you ever dreamed of winning a Tony Award? Did you ever practice your Tony acceptance speech in the bathroom mirror? Did you grow up watching the Tony Awards every year? Do you have a collection of Tony Award shows on VHS tape that you refuse to throw out? Well, then this is the podcast for you. Every week, I interview your favorite Tony Award winners, and together we go down memory lane as my guests share intimate and never-before-shared details about their Tony experience. By the end of every episode, you're going to feel like you just won a Tony. Welcome to And the Tony Goes To. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Welcome to today's Tony winner, James Monroe Eigelhart. Okay. All right. Um, I got to thank God because I just have to, because I prayed for this when I was 17 years old. I have to thank my wonderful wife. She is my foundation. She is my everything. All right. Now that I've done that, let me see. Mom and dad and my brother Jason. Cool. Now on to business. I want to thank Disney. I love you. I've wanted to work for you since I was 10 years old. I want to thank Thomas Schumacher. I want to thank Casey Nicola. I want to thank the late, great Howard Ashman for envisioning the genie like this. I want to thank Alan Menken. I want to thank Liz Kaplan for saving my voice when everybody was getting sick. I also, um, I, I want to thank uh, Robin Trevisi for teaching me how to tap dance, Celestine Rainey House for uh, keeping me in college, and I know that this is supposed to be the most dignified, um, you know, award show of the season, but I have to do this. This is a praise shout. Hey! Oh! James. <laughs> this is a praise shout. Yeah. Yes. What's going through your mind right now as you just listen to your magnificent Tony Award acceptance speech? Uh, two things. One, uh, the sheer excitement. Actually, three things. The sheer excitement and um, the absolute blessing that I received uh, from the Lord above for that moment and all the people I forgot to thank. <laughs> 
I, I listen to that speech and I always crack up because there's one name, there's two names that should have been in that speech. And um, there's a reason why they weren't. And that's a whole story. But I'll tell you the two people. They are Adam Jacobs, who played Aladdin, my partner in crime. I love that guy. And also Chad Beglin, who is the book writer of Aladdin, the musical on Broadway. And I forgot to for, I forgot to mention them because I didn't write a speech. And the story goes, my wife told me, hey, you're being nominated for these things. You probably should write a speech. And usually I do what she says. But my ego said, you listen, this is a Disney show. Nobody from Disney ever wins. It's only Lion King. They won. And every, nope, they never nominate anybody. The fact that I got nominated is lucky. I'm happy to be there. But I'm not going to write a speech because it's pointless. I'm not going to win. So I didn't write a speech. And... And when I won the Drama Desk Award, Adam was in the audience. So I saw Adam and I thanked Adam. And I saw Chad because they were there. At the Tonys, I didn't see them. And I was just going off the top of my head. And when I walked away, a friend of mine was like, you thanked everybody but Chad. I was like, oh, my God. So oh I immediately ran to Chad. And he was like, oh, no, I got it. We, he teased me. He, he enjoyed the fact that he got to tease me for like six months. Uh-huh. Uh, but I thanked him on every interview I ever did. And he still loved the fact I didn't do it on TV. So. So that means when you heard your name called out as the winner, that was an unexpected moment for you. Yes. Um, I was, this was totally a moment of being just honored to be there. I was so glad to be there. And my whole Tony night, which I have uh, spoken about um, on some, some occasions, my whole Tony night wasn't the way I had planned it. I was so happy to be nominated because I thought I finally got to sit in the audience of Radio City Music Hall and watch the Tonys. Right. And instead, I had to work most of it. And then I had, once I won, I had to go do interviews. So by the time I got back, two hours of the three-hour show was gone. <laughs> so nothing. I, I literally wanted to go as a fan. And my wife watched it. And she hates award shows. And she had to sit there the entire three hours. She was like, where have you been? I was like, I had to do interviews across the street. <laughs> With the Tony, I, I met I met Brian Cranston. She was like, "I've been sitting here." I'm like, "I love you." <laughs> so tell me what went through your brain, if you can recall, I, when I, your name is called. I the, they said James Monroe Iglehart, and my brain turned to mush, really. And um, I was trying to figure out. Oh, oh my gosh, I, I won. I, and then I look up and I realize because from the rehearsal, you only, you only have 90 seconds to talk. And so I look up the time and I, you know, get excited. And then I just start going and I start remembering the people I knew I wanted to thank that I had always said I was going to thank. I always said I was going to thank Liz Kaplan because she did help with my voice. I was always going to thank Robin Tribusi because she did teach me how to tap. I was always going to thank a Celestine Rainey House, who was my mentor in college. And I knew I had to thank God. I knew I had to thank mom, dad. And I knew I had to thank my brother, Jason, or he would shoot me. And I saw Thomas. And I looked out there and I saw Thomas Schumacher. And then I looked up and I saw Casey. And I saw Ellen Mankin. And I remembered, you know, the whole thing about... um uh, Howard Ashman. And then my brain went blank because I looked at the time and it's like 10 seconds left. And I thought to myself at that moment, um, I said, there's a moment that uh, Christians talk about, you know, believers talk about where you get so enthralled and so so happy and filled with blessing and love that you have nothing else. You can't do, speaking won't work. You either have to sing or dance. And dancing is what happened. So that's what went through my brain. Um, I didn't even, I didn't even really kiss my wife. I mean, I kissed her when they announced, in the, you know, nominees are. But right. I didn't kiss her before I walked on stage because she was so shocked. Yeah. But I looked, when I looked back at her. She had her hands over her mouth. 
she was like, oh my God. And we just went. So it was all like so fast, which was so funny because it reminds me of uh, this moment in the actor studio when my favorite person in the world, one of the five, I have a Mount Rushmore of five, not four, of comedians. And Robin Williams said that they asked him the same question. What was it like when you went, when you won the Oscar? And he said it was like everything went in slow motion and fast motion at the same time. He was like, and all of a sudden it was over. And that's kind of how I felt. I was like, I just won. I have no speech. Just make it up. And then I left and walked off stage and I was like, Oh my God. And then they're like, you didn't check, you didn't thank Chad. And I was like, or Adam. And I was like, oh God, my life is over. Isn't it amazing at at the greatest moment of your life, the the critic? Oh gosh, yes. You know what you could have done. It was like, no. The crazy <laughs> thing, the crazy thing was walking off stage, like I had met Zachary Levi a couple of times. Uh, I met him on first date when he did the show. I met him um, I think doing some uh doing some con or something. I met him and he uh, was the one who gave, who, you know, announced that the award goes to James Morgan. And so I see him backstage and he was like, dude, you know, that was so cool that, you know, you gave glory to, to the Lord. That's really cool. Cause I'm a believer too. And I was like, Whoa, cool. And then of course, flash forward, he and I are working together on the TV show Tangled, the animated series. Cause he's Flynn Ryder. And I now play his best friend, Lance Strongwell, but it was crazy. Cause I met him and I just, all these different stars were like, Hey, congratulations, James, congratulations. And I, and at first I was like, Oh my God, they know who I am. And I was like, well, of course they do. My name was just mentioned. <laughs> they literally were just looking at the television yes. and they, they, that black guy's James. I should say, hello. Thank congratulations, James. <laughs> Incredible. It was, it was nuts. So, so, uh, for anyone on the planet who doesn't know this, you won for a show called Aladdin. Yes. The role was the genie. Yes, it was. And I wonder if you could talk about how the the role that really changed your career in many ways, because for the rest of your life, you could decide to be an accountant tomorrow. It would be welcome accountant and Tony Award winner, James Monroe. <laughs> like, that's it. That's, you are, you've been knighted. Um Tell me how the sh- the role and the show came to you and 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 then came to us, those who got to enjoy you in it. Well, um, I am a huge, uh, I'll make it quick. I, I am a huge- You do uh, not need to make it quick, by the way. I've waited for this moment for a long time. We all have. So don't rush. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I am a huge Disney nerd. This is not, uh, most people who know me know this. I love Disney. I've loved them. Loved the the company and the and the material and projects they've put out since I was a little kid in single digits when my father took me to see uh, Jungle Book for the first time in the drive-in, and that was it. I was hooked, you know, from you know Disneyland to Disney World, Disney Channel. I you know loved it and always wanted to be a part of it. Always tried to figure out a ways to do it, and. I was one of those actors who, you know, one of those African-American actors who did their best try to get in The Lion King and it never worked. I auditioned in four different cities, um, New York, Chicago, L.A., and I forgot where the, the, oh, San Francisco, and never got in. So mad, still mad. I mean, not, actually, I'm, I'm okay now, but I was, I was really upset that I couldn't do the show. And then I was doing this great show called Memphis, which is the thing that, you know, really let people know who I was when I was when, on Broadway. Yeah. Memphis won the Tony in 2010. And so I was a part of a Tony Award winning show and it was great. And I'm at home and I look on Broadway.com and it says that they are doing a pilot production of Aladdin in Seattle, Washington at the Fifth Avenue, where I have done uh, two different shows. I mean, uh, no, where, where I've done, where I'd done uh, Memphis. We, you know, we, uh, out of town tryout was in um, 
at the Fifth Avenue in Seattle. And so I called up all of my friends. And, you know, I looked at my wife and I screamed. She's like, what? And I was like, Aladdin. And what people don't know is Don and I, we were from California and we would go to Disneyland weekly. Like on the weekends, we on Friday, we're like, I'm bored. Let's go to Disneyland. And we would drive, you know, six hours to go to Disneyland from the Bay Area. And every time we went, we would go to um, California Adventure and go see the Aladdin Spectacular, which is a uh, basically a 40 minute, 45 minute version of Aladdin. And they were having auditions one time and my friend auditioned and they weren't auditioning brothers, you know, black dudes for the genie, but they were auditioning brothers for Jafar. And I didn't want to play Jafar. So my wife said, would you ever audition for this? And I was like, no, I want to play genie. So I had kind of put that out in the air, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 17, my mom took me, my my birthday, my, my graduation present from high school was going to see Aladdin in 1992 when it came out. And I looked at her after, uh, this is honest to God truth, I looked at her after a friend like me and said, I want to do something like that. Because it was Robin Williams, it was Disney, it was improv, it was music, it was Alan Menken, it was all that stuff. So I had been like putting the genie out into the air for many, many years. So when this came up to go to Seattle, I called all my contacts in Seattle and was like, hey, how do I become a part of this? And uh, one one person, I won't say who, had told me, well, James, you know, if you do this, you probably won't be able to go back to Memphis. We thank you for your time. But uh, hey, you know, it's your choice. It was really weird. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, that that's discouraging. But I yeah. love I love Aladdin. I'm, I'm going to try this. So I... Uh, Basically, tried my best to get into the auditions, and my agent told me that they they wouldn't see me. <laughs> no. So, you know, somehow, I don't know if I don't know if the, the power of my agents at the time, but they weren't looking at, at me. And every brother I knew auditioned for the genie. Like my friend, my best friend Derek Baskin, we were laughing. We were walking to uh, we were walking to Red Robin, not Red Robin, um, Ruby Tuesdays, and <laughs> well, also 40, delicious. 40, yes, also delicious on forty first. <laughs> and my wife and I were all walking. And he's like, "Man, they called me in for the genie," and I was like, "Look, they didn't call me in." I was just bitching, literally bitching down the street. And my wife will never let me forget it. She's like, "Remember that time you were bitching down the street about Aladdin?" So finally, I get this, um, I get this call, and I find out what happened. Um, Casey Nicola is directing Book of Mormon, and he asked some of the cast members. He's having the damnedest time finding someone to play Genie. And I have to give a shout out to these three people. John Eric Parker, who is awesome. Asma Rett, who is amazing. And Jared Gertner uh, is, is amazing. They were a part of the cast of A Book of Mormon. And they all told Casey at different times. But it started with John Eric. Hey, what about James Monroe Iglehart? And Casey was like, I don't know who that is. He's like, oh, you got to see him. He's in Memphis. Trust me. Ch- ch- check out James. Sure enough, Casey checked out Memphis. And all of a sudden, my agent got a call. And they were like, they want you to come in. And um, I got the script. And luckily, the one of our guys, Jason Webb, who is now like big time, you know, Broadway musical director, was the uh, assistant MD of Memphis. And he was playing the auditions. And I said, hey, is anybody improving or making up stuff? They were like, no, they are pretty much sticking with the script. And I was like, did anybody watch the movie? Does anybody know Robin Williams? What, what are they doing? So I did something you're not supposed to do. I went in my dressing room and also at home and I just started rewriting the lines. I saw lines that I liked and the lines I didn't, I just started making my own just to show that I could do jokes, just to show that I could break the fourth wall. And I walked in confident and I told my wife, I said, they're either going to love me or hate me. And I had, this is one of the first times I ever had an audition completely memorized. Like I knew what I wanted to do and I knew what jokes, improv jokes I might pick, or I knew the area in the, you know, when you're doing improv, the area where you want to play in. So I knew what I really wanted to do. And I walked in the room, I sang the song and I 
then all of a sudden they said, okay, let's do the scene. And I did a cartwheel in the scene, in the small little room and did all of my lines. The poor reader had no idea where I was because everything I was saying was not on his piece of paper. Also, the great thing was I was so naive. One of the things that makes me confident is I never know who's in the room. Like, I don't know who's a star until someone tells me. I thought the person in the room was just the casting director and like another casting director. I didn't realize it was actually Casey Nicola. I had never met him. So I was just out there just doing stuff. And then left the room feeling good. Like, well, you know, if they like me, they like me. And I get back to work. And Michael McGraw, who had worked with Casey before on um, Spam a lot, he goes, dude, that was Casey. I was like, huh? He was like, you did all that crap in front of Casey? He's like, you got balls. He goes, you'll probably get a call back. Sure enough, I get, I get a call back. Casey sees me and he says, listen, man, just do everything you did for me when you get in there. And I got in there and it was a room full of people. It was all of the Disney bigwigs, all of the um, Seattle bigwigs. And it was just a room full of people. Like I'd never, I'd never seen that many people in a room for an audition. Sure enough, same reader, same musician. And I'd written some new jokes and I just went and again, the reader was lost and, but the people were laughing. I did my cartwheel. I did, I jumped, I slid across the floor on my knees, all kinds of crap. And then I left the room and I went on to go get my contacts, which were ready over at, uh, you know, uh, Lens Crafter. Yeah, well, <laughs> what is it? It's a um, it's grand something, uh, and I went over there to, to get in my contact. In New York, yeah. it could be Coen No, it was, it was Grand Central, Grand Central, Grand Central <laughs> Madison, by the way. And I went over to get my contacts, oh my and God. all of a sudden, I get a call when I'm on the corner on my way to Memphis, and my agent said, "Hey, uh, you got it." You got the role. And that was just the pilot production. I, you got the role of, of Jeannie. And I stood on the corner and just cried because I have always wanted to play this character. He is, and my two favorite Disney characters are Jeannie and Goofy. And to get to play this character, and I knew there was a shot. You know, right now it was just, you know, I knew there was a shot I was going to go to Broadway. Disney was saying it was just a pilot production. They weren't saying anything as they always do. You know, they didn't want to get you too excited because what if it didn't work, you know, but I was so thrilled to be a part of this. Flash forward, we do the show, the pilot production, Disney likes it. Uh, they still have some things we have to do. It still needs fixing. Um, and then Bob Iger decides that he wants to see it. Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney. So we end up all getting together, uh, I think a couple of months later, to do a 30-minute um, presentation of just certain songs for Bob Iger by himself. Oh, that, sorry. The former head of Disney Films, not Alan Horn, who's done now. I don't know who that guy was. I just know this guy was fired because they made uh, Mars Needs Moms. So he was he had to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't know if it's really his fault, but I know he's the fall guy. I don't know his name. But right. uh, he was he was there and Bob Iger was there and Thomas Schumacher and uh, a couple other people. And that was it. And we had to perform. And uh, the fun part about this part of the story is... Uh, a year later, I was at singing at the um, Disney uh, business something. It was like board meetings, whatever. Um, and Bob Iger gets up and says, do you mind if I introduce you? I said, no. And he said, you know, he told the story. He goes, I saw this this little uh, eight minute, this 30 minute uh, presentation. And I leaned over and told the people, well, you have a genie. You just don't have a show yet. And I had wow. no idea. So wow. he, after we did that presentation, they greenlit the the show and they went to work and then we went to Toronto and worked it out and we, we came back to New York and the funny thing is everybody in New York that I talked to said yo man I hear your show's not that good man I heard it's not gonna work not gonna work 
And we worked our butts off in New York to get that thing the way it was supposed to be. And when we opened and the audience stood up in the middle of Friend Like Me, it was one of those moments where it was a rocky moment. It was that feeling strong now. I was like, yeah, we showed you. We showed you because our whole goal, the whole cast of Aladdin, the crew, everybody was to show New York City that one, we had a great show. Two, Disney was not some fly-by-night little kids thing. Yes, families like the show, but Broadway is Broadway. And if you do a great Broadway show, it's for everybody. And Aladdin did that. And I loved every second of that hard journey. And we rewrote lines and Chad was Chad Beglin was nice enough to let me write lines. He would say, hey, what do you think about this? Do you think Jeannie would say this? I'm like, yes. Or can I say this? And he would erase the line and put in my line. And we had a ball building this thing together. You know, Casey, myself, Chad, um, it was uh, Kaz, Alad, I mean, um, Alan Menken, Thomas Schumacher. We had a great time building this thing. Adam Jacobs, uh, Courtney Reed, Jonathan Freeman, who's the original voice of Jafar, who is Jafar still to this day. Um, just the, it, the, all, the whole cast built, and I have to give credit to Brian Gonzalez and also Don Daryl Rivera, who uh, played Babcack and uh, also Iago, because we would sit around, just the three of us having lunch, or me and Brian, just the two of us having lunch, just writing stupid lines and trying them out during rehearsal. It's like, okay, let's, let's try this. It's like, it's not in the script. Yeah, we're just going to try it anyway. We would throw stuff out that if they laughed, we knew we did good. And if they, we would hear from the back, Casey going, boo, basically meaning it just bombed. Like our line, right. <laughs> lines right. bombed. Freedom. You, like, you were free to do yeah, that. We had, we were free to create the show. And then it, when it froze, it froze. And even then, we still had moments to to play. They let us have these certain moments where we could play with the audience. So they built this moment at the end of Friend Like Me and also at the end of the show when I'm free, where I am I got free reign to say things and do things and have some fun with the audience to let, it, let people know that they're seeing something for the first time for the last yes. time. And yes. I, oh, it was one of the best moments of my entire life. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, I want to ask you about another moment because when you win the Tony, when you are the genie, when you are you, uh, and when it's a Disney show, you are asked to perform you know, on a million talk shows and sort of constantly help market the show. But one of the things I got to see was you performing at the White House um, yes. for Michelle Obama and some young oh friends. Gosh. And I wonder oh. if you could talk about, that was so moving to me. Tell us what that experience was, how it came about and what it was like for you. 
we had got the call that uh, Michelle Obama was doing this thing about uh, young kids writing their own co- healthy cookbooks, and as a as a go as a um, as a reward, the Aladdin cast was going to go to perform, and they wrote this truncated version of the Aladdin, and it was we rehearsed it and got it together, and we were so excited, and the 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 trip there was the adventure because we were supposed <laughs> we were supposed <laughs> no. to have this big bus that was supposed to come and get us. The Aladdin we, party bus. Yeah, that bus. Well, something happened where the bus driver never showed up. So we're all at the theater. Just imagine the show ends. We're supposed to drive at 10 o'clock to get to Washington, which we should get there by like, you know, one o'clock in the morning. We should be fine. Sleep, chill, relax, you know, maybe even, maybe even you know, 12 and be like, relax, you know, go to the hot tub, everything. Girl, this thing didn't show up at all. Found out that the driver, we still don't know where he went. Like, he took the bus and never came back. So they had to find, like, a train. They had to find, like, do we go on a train? What do we do? They end up finding, like, li- two little, like, uh, like Uber buses. And we rode all night long. We didn't get there till 7 a.m. And the thing, we had to, basically, we had enough time to go into our hotel rooms, change the shower, change clothes, shave, and get change our clothes and get back into the bus and go. Oh, it was crazy. Then we get to the White House and th- we start our perf- we do our rehearsal and then we start our performance. And I look down and there's Michelle Obama. And they tell me before we go on stage, they say, "Oh, by the way, um Michelle probably won't come up to speak. Uh you guys will do your performance and then you guys will bow and walk off stage." Will we get a chance to meet Barack Obama? Probably not. So, okay, just stay in here, don't move, please. Whatever you do, don't leave this room. And we're like, "Oh, great. If we leave the room, we're going to get shot. Good to know." <laughs> So we're in the room and we're just chilling. All of a sudden, the Secret Service man comes in and goes, guys, I need you to move to this next room and stay here. Don't move. We're like, all right, cool. We'll move. Stay right here. The doors open and who sta- who swaggers in? Swagger in. <laughs> Ilana, it's Barack Obama. President Barack Obama. And he says, I um, uh, heard um, you guys uh, had a little of a adventure. Get into the White House. And we were like, oh, my God. I was screaming. Tripping out that he 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 heard all, all of our dismay and craziness, and he wanted to come and say, just uh, thank you for uh, coming to this for Michelle and me. It really means a lot, and the kids are going to love you. Thank you. And he walks, he takes a picture with us and like just smooth walks out. And we go and do the show. And then after we do it, the audience, is, I get the audience to sing with us. We do the whole thing. It's funny. They're singing the wah, wah, wah. We, we you know, separate the room, and everybody's going crazy, and it's having a great time. And at the end of it, Michelle Obama gets on stage and starts talking to me. She's like, oh my God, you were so great. She hugs me. And I was like, everything that wasn't supposed to happen, happened. It was the coolest moment. Then it was over. We go downstairs and we have sandwiches and stuff. When we get to walk around the White House and see all the plates and all of the, you know, we saw George Washington's like silverware. And it's like, no, it's funny. Everything is like locked up. Like this place, the, the only the only place that's more locked up than the White House, I think, is Disneyland. Like yeah. they must have the same security. So it's all locked up. We're gonna take pictures next to it. But the fact that in my house right now, I have a picture of the cast and I and Barack o, President Barack Obama is next uh, to me. Yeah. And then the other picture below it, um, Michelle is next to Courtney Reed, who played Jasmine. And it was one of the greatest moments ever. And then we all took a train back. And we were just so tired because nobody had slept, but we were also so juiced that this had happened and that we were blessed enough to be a part of this. And it was awesome. You know, I can still see those kids' faces. I can still see the parents' faces. I can still see them at first not wanting to sing with us. And then after a while, warming up and just getting into it and just like throwing caution to the wind and just sing. By the time we got the friend like me, they were in it. They were just loving it. 
And it was it was fabulous. I'll never forget that moment. And that was my second time at the White House. First time that I got to actually walk in. You know, the first time I was like a tourist and I was like, wow, look around. And this time I was like, I'm a performer here. and yeah. got to meet like a president that, I mean, they all go down in history, but one of those presidents that will go down in history as one of the best ones forever, which was really cool. And then Michelle was just the epitome of grace, the epitome of um, coolness. And she's quite intimidating. Her her energy is serious, girl. Michelle is no joke. You know, Mich- Michelle got energy like like the presidents do. Some first ladies, you're like, oh, it's the first lady. You meet Michelle, you're like, damn, hi, hello, yes, let me let me stay straighten up so I look good somehow. So it was it was it was a great experience. Yeah, I mean, you were in touring the White House. You were their guest. You were yeah. the guest of Michelle and Barack Obama. <laughs> like that's it. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Well, nice. it's an incredible, incredible thing. I mean, when you think about it now, it's been a few years. You, you know, I'm not sure if when uh, the shutdown happened, were you still in Hamilton? Yes, yes, I was. I was uh, actually, yeah, we started, where was it? I think March 12th was the shutdown. We, they had told us a week ago, they were like, okay, we're going to be closed down for a bit. And that's what we thought. And then when they made the major shutdown, we were like, oh, snap, this is for real. Yeah. 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 So from Jeannie to Lafayette, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, what a ride, what a ride. And I guess I wonder if you could just talk a little bit, like, what does Aladdin mean to you? It's hard to put into words, but I will say that I'm a big I'm a big fan of close-up magic. I'm a big fan of magic. I, I love it since I was a kid. And there's a sign. There's a saying. Um, it's I'm paraphrasing that the um, some of the VIPs uh, and tour guides and some of the other tour guides in uh, Disney parks say, you know, if we can make a little magic during the day, then we've done our job because Disney's magic. And I will say that it was a magical time for me from the moment they said you have the role to the day I left. It was a magical ride. I I wished I I wish I would have spent more time enjoying it because I was like doing it. Mm-hmm. But when I look back, I have the best memories of being on stage in Aladdin. I I got to just live out that dream, see all those smiles every night. I got to sing that song, which is one of my favorite songs. When those trumpets hit, it's one of the greatest feelings ever. And to be able to sing that song and then look out and see little round brown kids that look like me look at up, look up at me and go wait we can do that I, I had little girls walk up to me and go hey I was they were gonna do Aladdin at school but the boys told me I couldn't be a genie because genie was a boy and I remember telling her hey genie's a mythical creature genie can be a girl a guy a fish anything you could be genie and most of the people that I've met that have played genie in their high schools or their junior highs have been girls of all shades, I met a little girl who was a little Indian girl. I went to see the show and she played the genie. And it's just the fact that people saw the show and me doing it made them, it seemed made them think that they could do it. Or when I would see people who weren't, you know, bro, when you're an actor and a male, when you're an actor, male or female, there's a certain shape or certain look you're supposed to be. I am not either of those two things. And so to get to be able to do this role looking the way I look, now don't get me wrong, I think I'm a sexy brother, but to look the way I look in, in my shape, other folks of that shape would see me and go, hey, I can do that. 
Or college professors would tell students, hey, there's this guy named James Moore Igelhart. You should see him. He reminds me of you. You should, this means, you know, you could do this. The show was magical on so many levels, on just a performance level, on a personal level, on a spiritual level. I, I would get calm when I would get into the tube ready to come up as Genie because I knew everything was going to be all right because if I messed up, I could just make it up because that's Genie can break the fourth wall and say anything. It, it's like I want to say it's hard to put in words, but I guess not because <laughs> it was it was I'll I think I'll have to create something on my own for me to have an experience like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I um I feel like one of the lucky humans who got to see you in it. I feel really grateful to live on the same planet as you. Uh your artistry, your activism, your generous heart, it just is so deeply felt by anyone who gets to be around you in any way shape or form. So, a, this is just all an excuse to say thank you for being who you are and bringing your gifts to the universe. Um, before I let you go, this is sort of a very easy, fun uh, way to end the episode. If I am just going to throw out a couple of questions to you about Tony Knight, um, sure. and then we're done. James. Yes. Who did you bring to the Tonys? I brought my beautiful wife, Dawn, and I brought my wonderful agent, Ben Sands. I thought it was fun. He, he, I said, please be, be a good date for my wife when I'm away because, you know, she, she, she might get bored. <laughs> that is a good agent. Um, what did you wear? I wore, uh, I love sparkles. I am a huge fan of Prince and Michael Jackson. So I, anything sparkly I wanted to wear. So I, my dresser at Aladdin, uh, uh, it was great. She was able to take a bunch of Swarovski crystals and put them all over my suit as well as all over my shoes. So it was fantastic. I was very sparkly. I was very happy. So I wore a black suit and these uh, dark blue crystals. So when the light hit, it was like a dark blue shining back at folks. Oh, I'm so glad you won so that we got to see them sparkle on camera. And where is your beloved Tony right now? Ah, Yes. So I have a uh, a giant, uh, you know, system, you know, where my TV sits and all that kind of stuff. And there's this big oak like bookshelf. Uh, that my TV sits in. Now, above that is the Tony. Now, um, I put the Tony up there. Wrapped around the Tony is the Grammy-nominated medallion because our album was nominated for a Grammy. But right next to the Tony is a Swarovski crystal. I probably said that wrong. Swarovski crystal-covered genie I bought from Disney World. And here's the thing. I saw it when I got ca- when I wasn't cast as in the show, when I was just wishing to be the genie, when I had auditioned, didn't find out yet. I looked at it and said, someday I'm going to buy that. I go back after I'm cast in the show and I go, someday I'm going to buy that. I don't deserve it yet. After I won the Tony, we went back to Disney World and I go, I don't deserve it yet. My wife said, you can get it. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't deserve it yet because it's very expensive. When I decided to leave the show, I felt I had done everything as an actor that I could do for this character. It was time for someone else to pick up the mantle as Genie. And I remember walking past that same crystal shop in Disney World on Main Street. And I told my wife, I think I deserve that now because I've done everything I can for the Genie for six years. I've done everything that for this character and for the show that I could do. And I walked in, I felt a piece about it. I put all that money down on it. I that had it shipped home. And the way it is, it's the genie, like he has this presenting like position. So I put the Tony right next to it. So it looks as if the genie is presenting 
the Tony. So whenever I feel down or whenever I feel like, you know, because actors are always depressed. We're like, oh my God, how come they got that? Not me. Even though we're probably already working. We're working while we're seeing it, which is so stupid, uh, but we all do it. And I, if ever I feel like that, I look up and I see that crystal covered genie and I see it pointing at the Tony and I go, you know what? My life is not that bad. Actually, my life is pretty damn good. So whenever I start complaining, I look up and go, hey boy, relax. Look at what you've gotten to do. Look how blessed you truly are. And I get back to myself and get back to work. Thank you for being on. And the Tony goes to you magical, beautiful human. Thank you. (laughs) Thank thank you. you. And the Tony goes to is produced by Alan Seals for the Broadway Podcast Network. The music and lyrics for the theme song were written by Georgia Famusa. Theme song orchestration by Alexander Sage-Oyen. Episodes are edited by Derek Gunther. Thank you to Parody Bill for the graphics. And please don't forget to go to the iTunes show page and rate and review the show. Thanks for listening. Excerpt from the Tony Awards used with permission of Tony Awards Productions. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.